You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. In just under two weeks, the DACA program, which protects children of immigrants who arrived in America illegally, it's going to be dismantled. At least that's the idea President Donald Trump had in mind when he gave Congress an arbitrary timeline to come up with a legislative solution for immigrant children raised in America. But Congress has run into a series of issues in trying to craft a bipartisan plan, including a president who vacillates on what he wants out of an immigration overhaul, pushback from both extremes of the political spectrum, and a narrowing window of time to come up with a permanent solution. Joining us now to talk about what's going on in Washington as this deadline approaches is Mike DeBonis. He is a reporter for The Washington Post. Mike, welcome to Detroit Today. Hey, thanks, Stephen. Appreciate having me. Sure. Uh, and as always, uh, give us a call if you want to join the conversation. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phone. So it's 313-577-1019. Uh, tell us what you think uh, should happen or is going to happen in Washington surrounding the question of dreamers. Uh, will we get a deal to either extend the program? Will the president back away from what he uh, has said is the deadline? Or will Congress come up with a way to make it a permanent solution? What would you like to see in that permanent solution for dreamers? Would you like to see it extend beyond uh, dreamers to other immigration issues that we have? Or do you think we can just solve this problem and then get to everything else? Again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put your comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, uh, and we'll work you into the conversation. As always, when we discuss this topic, we especially want to hear from people who are dreamers. Uh, did you come here uh, to this country as a child with your parents who were not coming legally. And uh, we always want to hear what your story is like, how difficult uh, it, it can be to sort of live in this country uh, when when those are the circumstances and how much this program has uh, changed your life. Again, 313-577-1019 is the number. Uh, Mike DeBonis, uh, bring us uh, up to date on where we are, what happened last week in the U.S. Senate. Sure. Uh, you know, earlier this year, we had uh, a government shutdown, and, and really the central issue and all that was the issue of the Dreamers and, and, the, and the coming end of DACA and would Congress act. And Democrats, uh, for three days, uh, uh, refused to fund the government, uh, primarily because of that issue. Uh, they relented uh, in large part because Mitch McConnell, the Senate Majority Leader, said he was, would have this grand debate on immigration uh, uh, on the Senate floor, uh, and that was scheduled to, to happen last week. And uh, basically what we saw happen was uh, a whole lot of nothing. Uh, we, uh, you know, the, the two parties both put forth uh, proposals, and uh, uh, none of them got the requisite 60 votes needed to, to proceed in the, in the Senate. Um, and right now, the the mood is is quite uh, dejected among people who are looking uh, to, to secure a, a permanent solution uh, for DACA recipients and the larger group of Dreamers, uh, due to various political uh, machinations and political concerns. Uh, the, 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 they simply were not able to to come to that big permanent solution that uh, a, a lot of people in both parties are looking for. Yeah. And 
and right now, uh, there's just a lot of questions about the, what, what the next move is going to be. Uh, in the House, there is some talk of bringing up immigration legislation, but it's going to be much more conservative than anything the Democrats uh, have uh, been willing to entertain in the past. Uh, you know, th- there's some talk in the in the Senate now of a, of a temporary fix, something that would basically uh, extend DACA for a, a year to three years. Uh, w- wouldn't be something that that would give them a, a path, give dreamers a path to citizenship in the way that uh, a lot of people are, are hoping to provide. And uh, it's really going to depend on leadership, uh, particularly from the president. I mean, he's he's basically made the the case that he's made his uh, best and final offer and his his framework, which uh, he put out last month. And uh, but to Democrats, there's just pieces of that or just simply cannot be countenanced. And, and they 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 rejected a bill that reflected it. In fact, a lot of Republicans rejected a bill that reflected it last week. And the, the, there's no indication that that's going to be a workable solution to this. Yeah. Um, talk about what those sticking points are, those things that that we just can't get the both the, the, the two sides to to agree on it's not it's not dreamers themselves right it's 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 other issues that uh, that are that are that are creeping in there there's great consensus in both parties uh that uh young immigrants who were brought to the US through no fault of their own and uh should be protected from deportation uh the, there's only a small handful of lawmakers republican lawmakers who feel differently about that at this point the whole question is what is the deal to secure that what what compromise what concessions uh, uh, from the from particularly from the Republican perspective need to be secured to to, to protect the dreamers and that's where the you have a wide diversity of opinions uh, for a long time in DC the big compromise was seen to be DACA plus border security you, right. would, you would provide uh, some protections for the for the dreamers uh, in conjunction with some sort of border security package. Uh, and for the longest time, Democrats uh, said, we'll do all sorts of border security things, but we won't do the wall. We won't do the border, the physical border wall that President Trump promised on the campaign. Well, they moved off of that quite dramatically mm-hmm. in the last month or two. Uh, Democrats are now willing to put as much as $25 billion towards uh, a physical wall on the border, which is a fairly stunning reversal given some of the rhetoric that they had espoused for the past year, Uh, certainly going back to the campaign through the whole um, uh, controversy last year with the with uh, immigrant, you know, the 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 border, the um, uh, travel ban Mm -hmm. and things like that. Mm Uh, now the real sticking point seem to be these uh, uh, restrictions on legal immigration that the the Trump administration and their allies in Congress are proposing. The, the two things in particular that the president wants and says that must be part of any deal are changes to the current laws regarding the ability of legal immigrants to sponsor members of their family for visas in legal status in the United States. Conservative critics call this chain migration. That's the term you'll, you'll right. use most often from Republicans. Democrats like to call it family-based migration or some other uh, language along those lines. Uh, simply put, the Republican argument, the, the president's argument is, is that 
this does not give you uh, uh, does does not give you control over the the types of immigrants that you want to have in your country. He uses the term merit based immigration. He wants uh, people with with uh, technical skills, people with who bring things to the nation economically, uh, uh, and, 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 and not just people who want to leave necessarily leave a, a, a disadvantaged situation in their home countries. Yeah. Um, the other uh, thing, part of the president's framework that he says must be addressed is uh, the, what's called the diversity lottery system. This is a program that's been in place for a number of decades, uh, whereby uh, basically countries that, that do not account for a, a great proportion of, uh, of U.S. immigration historically are allotted a certain number of visas, and those are in turn uh, distributed for, uh, via a lottery system. Mm-hmm. Um, the case for this is that it, it brings in immigrants from countries that typically haven't been represented through the other paths to legal immigration, uh, in particular African countries, uh, some other uh, na- nations uh, from across the world that you know have been underrepresented in those ways. Yeah. The yeah. president's argument again is that you know it's a lottery. We do not get to pick and choose who our immigrants are. We should be able to choose the best and the brightest. We want people with skills. We want people who are going to do the jobs we need to be have be done in this country. We shouldn't be subject to a lottery. The democrat from the democratic perspective, uh, this is uh, you know this is almost one of the the bigger sticking points. Sure. Uh, in particular, uh, the idea that. This is for African immigrants in particular, and this is a particularly big concern with the Congressional Black Caucus, that you would be cutting off one of the chief uh, gateways for for Africans to come to the uh, the U.S. and to make a better life for themselves. And, and it's been a huge uh, uh, sticking point for Democrats. So looking at those that family-based issue and the, the visa lottery – uh, those those right now are the are, are the tough sticking points. The bipartisan proposal that the Senate voted on last week made some rather minor changes to the the family rules, and it didn't touch the uh, the diversity lottery program at all. So the, the the White House, for those and for other reasons, uh, basically said it was a non-starter and and uh, did everything in its uh, power to to keep that bipartisan proposal from passing the Senate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Mike DeBonis. He's a reporter for The Washington Post. We are talking about the debate in Washington over Dreamers, over DACA. Uh, Just a few weeks now, the deadline uh, looms at which uh, President Donald Trump says he's going to end DACA and throw all of the Dreamers in this country into some sort of legal limbo. Perhaps they would face deportation. We don't know if that would be the case. Uh, But uh, the Senate and the House are busy at work trying to come up with uh, a way to uh, legalize uh, DACA in in legislation as opposed to executive order. They haven't been able to do that. There are a lot of sticking points uh, there in terms of what that debate looks like. We want to hear from you. Uh, What do you think about the Dreamers? What do you think about DACA? What do you think about this deadline that looms? Do you think uh, maybe we ought to back away 
from the idea that we just have a few weeks left to resolve this issue. Would you like to see this issue resolved with other immigration issues, or do you think it can be solved on its own, and then we can get to those later? Also, we especially want to hear from you if you are one of the dreamers, one of the people who came here as a child with parents who came here illegally. Talk to us about that experience. Talk to us about uh, how this executive order has changed your status here in the United States? Has it made it easier for you to be here? Has it made it easier for you to get jobs or go to college? Things like that. Um, also, talk to us about what you fear about the idea of ending DACA if you are a dreamer. Is this something that really worries you? Are you uncertain about what you would face if we hit this deadline and don't have a solution? 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. As always, that's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put your comments there, uh, <coughs> and you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work you into the conversation. Um, Mike, I want to talk about uh, the likelihood of us hitting this deadline uh, without a solution and what is probably going to happen uh, if we get there and, and there isn't a, a, a legislative fix? Uh, are we going to start to see mass deportations of, of these people? Uh, the first thing I should mention is that uh, there is a court order in place right now that basically staying the, the president's decision to order. cancel the DACA program. So that's program. still right. in place. Okay. That uh, Now, we could hear from the Supreme Court as soon as today that they are going to review that decision. Um, we haven't heard it yet, but it, it, right now it's in place indefinitely and until a higher court uh, uh, makes a decision otherwise, uh, you know, the, that March 6th deadline is on hold. Uh, that said, that could change any day, and uh, most legislators, congressional leaders, are operating as if the March 6th deadline is going to, in fact, be the deadline. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, it's hard to say what will if, – if Congress does not act on March 6th, it's hard to say what will happen. The president has made comments over the course uh, of the past uh, six months or so since since he announced the end of the DACA program that – well, if Congress doesn't do anything, maybe you know we'll extend it a little longer. Uh, those have not been consistent messages. He's not said definitively what will happen. Um, he there's there's been uh, comments from the Homeland Security S Secretary Kirsten Nielsen that uh, deporting Dreamers would be a low priority for uh, immigration enforcement agents. That said, that's that, that that's hardly uh, an assurance that no dreamers will be deported. Right. But it's a uh, you know some indication that the the Trump administration, for all of its bluster, is not eager to be seen uh, kicking law-abiding um, immigrants, otherwise law-abiding immigrants, out of the country. Um, so the, 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 there's a tremendous amount of uncertainty. There's there's no doubt about that. And if if you're someone who is currently covered in the DACA program, who has basically done everything correctly, who has trusted the the federal government uh, under the Obama administration enough to uh, give your information in this program, go through the process, and basically. Uh, uh, trust and hope that this would be a, a permanent 
uh, solution allowing you to stay in the country, you have to be wondering how how does the story end? And right now, uh, uh, unfortunately, there's just simply not many assurances that can be had. I think that most of the political leaders, congressional leaders are saying from from Speaker Paul Ryan to Mitch McConnell to the Democratic leaders, Chuck Schumer, and Nancy Pelosi, are all saying we want to protect these people. But it's been so hard to see how they come together on a permanent or even a temporary solution that you, you can't blame uh, uh, somebody in this position for worrying uh, what is going to be next. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's take a quick call here. Brendan in Detroit. Brendan, welcome to Detroit Today. Oh, thanks, Steve. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to, I guess, make the point that I see really DACA as being the bargaining chip or, or, or kind of a red herring in, in this debate. And like you said before, um, maybe the, the real sticking points, which have been sticking points in past legislative efforts have been the diversity visa lottery and the family-based migration. Um, but what, what really drives me crazy in um, the news coverage is that the oversimplifications that you hear from Trump and the Republicans are never challenged when it comes to family-based migration and the diversity visa lottery and the way that they portray it as just this flood of people escaping poor countries and come here and don't contribute. I mean, one of the things that I never have heard ever in the coverage is that there's a like a 13-year waiting list for a brother or sister um, or other family member to come here mm-hmm. through family-based immigration. So it's, it's really a broken system as it is right now, um, and there is no open floodgates of so-called chain migration. And then with the diversity visa lottery system, there's a very rigorous um, qualification uh, program that people have to go through. And you cannot immigrate to this country as a diversity visa lottery immigrant right, right. if you don't have a high school degree or a, certi- a certificate in a highly skilled trade. So there's a lot of mistruths being spread, obviously, by Trump. Mm-hmm. And it's disappointing to me when I don't hear you know, actual reality and facts being um, yeah. presented by the media. The, 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 uh, Brendan, I think that's a that's a great point. It's also something I hear a lot about uh, directed at Democrats uh, in terms of answering uh, those things. Uh, quickly before we uh, break, Mike DeBonis, uh, talk about some of the things Brendan's talking about and what role they're playing in this debate. Sure. Uh, you know, Brendan's absolutely right that, um, uh you know the family-based migration system has been in place for almost you know more than 50 years at this point since 1965. Uh, it's been a cornerstone of U.S. immigration policy that families should be able to re- reunite uh, in their chosen country. Um, and he, he mentioned the wait list, which is absolutely right. And uh, it should be mentioned that the president's proposal uh, would allow that wait list to clear. If you're on the wait list, you'd be uh, entitled to continue going through the process. Um, uh, th- that said, uh, you know, it, it would be a, just a stark change in uh, the country's immigration policy to to go down that road. And and the 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 and, and good points as well as about the the diversity lottery. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's it's misunderstood what that program is and what its goals are and and what. Uh, 
uh, how it works, uh, and it's been, uh, you know, I think twisted in a lot of ways to be seen as this uh, thing that's just, you know, you get a visa and you get a visa right. and uh, sort <laughs> it of thing. It doesn't work that way. And it, it really doesn't work that way. These people are, you know, people who do, who come in through that system are vetted. Uh, they they do have to uh, show some skills and some ability to thrive in the country, and uh, that often does not get mentioned. Yeah. Okay, Mike DeBonis, reporter with The Washington Post. Thanks very much for being here on Detroit Today. Yeah, my pleasure. Up next, we're going to continue our conversation about the future of immigration. And don't forget, if you miss any of today's conversation, you can always download the Detroit Today podcast on iTunes or wherever you find podcasts. Take us with you. Listen when you are ready. We'll be right back on Detroit Today. You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. As the back and forth in Washington over immigration continues to heat up, thousands of people here in southeast Michigan watch not knowing what their future looks like. Since President Trump took office, hundreds of immigrants living in and around Detroit have been deported or faced deportation as we speak. Many more have DACA protections and don't know if that program is going to continue in just a few weeks. How are they reacting to that debate in Washington? And what kind of deal are they willing to accept to get protection, ongoing protection for DREAMers? Here to talk more about that subject is Sophia Chu. She is the co-chair of the Detroit Immigration Task Force. Sophia, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, So let's first talk about what the Immigration Task Force does, the work that you guys are involved in. So the City of Detroit Immigration Task Force is a group of stakeholders. There's about 25 members, um, and we are from different immigrant organizations around Detroit, Mm -hmm. And what we do is we come together to provide a diverse and inclusive environment for immigrants here in the city of Detroit. Yeah. Uh, And talk about the things that you are hearing right now from uh, people who are dreamers, people who are immigrants who fit into different categories. I mean, is there real anxiety over (coughs) this debate in Washington and, and how badly it seems to be going? Yes, a lot of the immigrants, especially the ones of African descent and um, Hispanic descent, because it seems to be targeting them more. Yes. So those are stories we hear more. Um, ICE is picking up them up. A lot of times we don't even understand what's going on until we get a call from a family member saying that their you know, child or has been picked up. So at that point, we're moving back or looking back into the situation to try to figure it out. Yeah. Um, w- Talk about your own immigration story and how it fits into some of the things that we've been talking about here. I'm I'm always really uh, interested in the diversity. I think uh, even uh, with with one person or one family, the diversity of issues that crop up in terms of immigration and that affect the way they they live in this country. So I was born and raised in Kingston, Jamaica. I migrated from Kingston to. Connecticut, my father, we talk about chain chain family migration. Mm -hmm. My father sent for me when I was at age 16. I moved to Connecticut into an environment that was very heavily populated with Caribbean people. 
Um, soon after, I joined the U.S. Armed Forces. I served in the U.S. Army for eight years mm-hmm. as a um, medic. So I served in Desert Storm, Desert Shield. During that time, I had to um, file what they call it's file. I filed for my mother because she had to come to help me raise my son since I was serving. Mm-hmm. And after that, she stayed in the States for the time period, which was five years, and she filed for my siblings. So now I have two brothers, two, two sisters, one brother, and my mom that lives in New Jersey. And, and this idea of uh, chain migration and mm-hmm. the, the attacks that we've heard the Trump administration uh, level against chain migration, you know, you would think, you would think from the way they describe it, it's just, you know, one person comes here and then they can just bring everybody with them and it's, there's no barriers. What you're describing sounds quite different. It's quite different, and that's the ignorance of the conversation that's happening now is we're taking everything at face value. We're not understanding they are indeed time limitations and processes that are put in place with these things. For me, even to migrate, my father had to go through the process to make sure to prove that I was his child, Mm -hmm. that um, I was deemed um, needed over here, really. And then we had to go through the health screenings, the questions, the tests before you even get the opportunity to come to the U.S. Yeah. Uh, And talk about that time when your father was here and you were still in Jamaica. I mean, and and you were a child. Uh, This idea that a parent is in another country and maybe inaccessible to you. What what was that like? Um, It... You didn't have a father to raise you, but you understand that a part of him raising you is to make sure you're financially stable. So my father. And that's came, why he came. That's there. the reason why he came. And, you know, he sent money to make sure I was taken care of, clothes, just different opportunities that I wouldn't have had if he stayed in my country. Mm-hmm. Those were now afforded to him. And he came here under what is considered farm working, but farm working is not just working in farms. Right. So there are other opportunities like um, customer service in the hotels, especially Makana. Mm-hmm. There is a lot of Caribbean nationals that are here working sure. at that hotel. Yeah, and so, they come under the same... And they come under that same concept, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Sophia Chu. She is the co-chair of the Detroit Immigration Task Force. We're talking about the debate Uh, over immigration in Washington and how it affects uh, immigrants here in southeast Michigan. Uh, We still would love to hear from you about uh, immigration here in southeast Michigan. If you're someone who came here legally or illegally, what does the debate in Washington say to you about your status? Uh, How are you feeling about the deadline that's looming for dreamers, uh, people who were brought here as children by parents who came illegally. Been, they have been protected for several years under DACA. The president says he wants to end that program unless Congress can come up with a legislative way to keep it uh, more permanently. If you want to join the conversation, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. It's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put your comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. We'll work you into the conversation. Bill in Rochester Hills, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you, Stephen. Good morning, uh, one and all. So I, my family immigrated legally to America in 1975. I was 11 years old. Mm-hmm. And I have this crazy notion that we should not do immigration the way we've done it in the past. We've managed to 
government has even managed to ruin immigration. One of the things that has fed our country for 240 years has been ruined. And the reason that it has been ruined is because we have conversations over the fact that, you know, it's a right for people to come here and they should be able to live the American dream. Well, as an immigrant, I submit to you that it's not a right. It's a privilege. There's not a day that goes by that I don't uh, figuratively kiss the ground mm-hmm. that I live in. Mm-hmm. The fact that I, I have a small business and the fact that I, that I have, an, have an education does not give me the right to have other family members that may or may not deserve to come here on merit. So, Does that sound crazy to you? Yeah, well, I don't know that it sounds crazy, Bill. I think it, 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 it sounds ca- counter to the idea, not just of immigration, but of America. I mean, I think this idea of earning your way to America is is really freighted with a lot of uh, awful dynamics in our history. I mean, uh, and race being the, the, the first of those. I mean... Uh, the idea that we would look at people who come from different countries and sort of assign merit um, either based on that country or I, or the idea of uh, being based on uh, some sort of education or uh, economic status. I, I, I guess I just have a real rea- sort of instant reaction of that, 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 that it's wrong. Uh, and when I say wrong... I guess morally wrong is the is the thing that comes to my mind. Sophia, I, I wonder what your reaction is to what Bill is saying. Um, we, I, I'm not sure where the the conversation about you know rights versus privilege, right? Mm-hmm. I think if you don't give somebody the opportunity to become something, how can you know what they are? Or what they could become. Right. So coming to the U.S., especially as a child, it's about opportunity. It's right? about opportunities. Now, once you get those opportunities, what are you going to do with it? The understanding is you're here to grow the country that you live in, but on hindsight, you have left people at home that are less fortunate. So a lot of us we send funds back home to make sure our families are brought up to a different stature. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bill, I really appreciate uh, the call and, and the comments. Uh, I think it's an interesting it's an interesting dynamic to introduce into the conversation. Let's go to Ayan in Hamtramck. Ayan, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you for having me. Uh-huh. Um, I just wanted to say a few things about what the president is saying about people that um, only bringing people that have uh, skills to mm-hmm. come to America. Uh-huh. I am a you know a person. I'm an adult now, but I was brought here as a child illegally. You know, I was one of the fortunate ones from a refugee camp in East Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a person that taught myself as a small child under a tree how to read and write three different languages. You know, but I was a small child, so I didn't have the opportunity to de- uh, develop any kind of skills. Um, but then the opportunity given, you know, I made sure that I took advantage of it and became a nurse, um, you know, and be a productive member of the society. Wow. Um, and it's, to me, kind of unfortunate that that's limiting some people that could um, possibly contribute to the uh, society here in America um, solely because they don't, they didn't have the opportunity before, Right. you know, to uh, have uh, to develop any kind of skill. Yeah. Um, so to me, that is unfortunate. The other thing is for the dreamers that are already here, 
um, that were brought here as small children, it's very difficult to go back, me as an adult, you know, to a country that I know nothing about. Sure. Um, because I spent uh, all of my childhood in a refugee camp. You know, unfortunately, due to the civil war uh, that bro- uh, broke out in Somalia in 1991. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I'm sure there are a lot of kids out here, somewhere out there, that won't be able to fit in. I don't know if you know exactly what I mean. Right. No, no, I, I think that's right. I, I, Ayan, I really appreciate that call, those comments. And again, Sophia, we've only got uh, 30 seconds left or so. But uh, this idea that this is easy for people, I think it really insults the experience that people have, your experience, Ion's experience, this, these are not people just sort of merrily making their way to this country and expecting uh, handouts or, 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 or all, all, all things that'll, that'll be good. This is about opportunity, in some cases, opportunity escaping from really awful circumstances. Absolutely. And I think one of the cool things about Detroit is um, we never realize how diverse Detroit is until you're involved in the process. Mm -hmm. And um, the city of Detroit actually has created or is in the process and continuing to create a welcoming environment for all immigrants that are here, whether they're refugees or they migrated um, legally here, or they're dreamers. So the opportunities are here. One of the things we as individuals need to understand is, instead of prejudging somebody, have that conversation with them, share their stories, listen to why they're here, how they got here, and see how we can all get involved to make sure our city continues to be a welcoming city for everybody that lived here. Yes. Okay, Sophia Chu, co-chair of the Detroit Immigration Task Force. Thanks very much for being here on Detroit Today. It's my pleasure. It's going to do it for me today. I'll be back tomorrow. I hope you will, too. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station, community service of Wayne State University. We'll see you tomorrow.